0: Anyway, good morning, guys. Here from Germany. Welcome to the International Fatherhood Podcast. This is episode two. Really stoked to be here again with Anthony and Leroy. How's it going over there, guys? Yeah, good, mate. Well, well, how are you? I'm good. When you guys don't interrupt each other, like in the last episode, <laughs> I don't know. It must be the time delay or something. <laughs> so, Leroy, how
1: are you doing? Yeah, going well, mate. It's um yeah, it's it's one thirty in the afternoon over here, so it's um. Yeah, busy start to the day. Just uh, already been on the road for four hours, two hours back down in Brisbane, two hours back, sorting out a heap of supplements, and yeah, had to get up at four o'clock and do the gym session and say goodbye to the kids before they went to school. And mate, it's been crazy. Um, What about you, Anthony? Good,
2: man. We're on day, I don't even know what day it is anymore, of uh, another (laughs) mild lockdown in California. Um, But uh, been good, still been busy. Um, The two year old has given us run for money lately. I'm just not listening. So it's been good times over here at the household.
0: Beautiful, man. I actually, I wanted to ask you guys before we carry it on, like about your supplements, Leroy, It'd be cool for the guys, especially listening on my side to hear about what you got going there, the supplements you got for dads and stuff. It's pretty cool.
1: Yeah. So what we've done is we've developed a, a range um, of supplements for fathers. So we've developed an energy range a hydration and a recovery formula um the recovery form is actually more probably a sleep formula is probably um, better suited um we've actually we've called the the range fit dad fuel and the actual names for the products so we've got 4am toddler for our energy drink because it's exactly what you feel like when the the kids are waking up i love the names by the way (laughs) yeah good name yeah for sure tension my favorite Tantrum is the protein, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And we got um, baby brain for the amino acid, just because it's, it's the pick me up you need when the, the mind is scattered. And then we've got just unwind for the recovery. So, wait, um, unfortunately, due to COVID, and, and we'll go into this more in detail yeah, soon, true, we, we're very restricted to um, international postage. So we can only send to Australia and New Zealand at the oh, moment. Oh, wow. Just because um, one. Like what used to be, for for example, sending something to America used to be between five to seven days. Used to be the delivery, which was you know pretty standard, and you know everyone was bad, okay yeah. with that. But now it's between ten and twenty-five business days, and and more on that latter end of that twenty-five mark, uh, which ends up being about six weeks uh, when you work it mm-hmm. all out. So, um, and at a cost of you know thirty-five, forty dollars, well, just because there's no planes flying around. Um, and you know, there's just, yeah, very, um, I guess, you know, dramatically decreased, um, traffic to and from, you know, from a standpoint of, of travelers. And I think the postal services used to piggyback on quite a few of those, you know, commercial flights and that's how we used to be able to, you know, sustain those really good turnaround times. But are you finding, you know, postage over there, Anthony, with your, with your business, are you finding things a little bit yeah. the shop?
2: yeah i mean so i guess we're just gonna we should just dive into it huh so the topic today about talking about current climate of of how it's impacted each of our countries what we're seeing and in, in our families yeah
1: yeah mate you start us off let us know what your the views are yeah, from American. <laughs> <Yeah>.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm one very small very uh speck of, of grain out here in america but it's it's crazy times out here right now um where as you can see on the news like Numbers are through the roof. Um, cases are through the roof. Thankfully, deaths aren't through the roof, but everything else is. And uh, you know, California is locked down again pretty pretty hard. Um, other parts of the country are also locked down pretty hard. And it's just, the sad thing that I'm noticing is just it's very polarizing. Um, I don't think there's really a right side or a wrong side to be on, but, but each side won't listen to the other, and that's the frustrating part. Um, and and how I've seen it affect different families and kids within the families is is the part that's that's definitely even more sad uh, for me. You know, I hear from people that I'm friends with, their kids are scared to do anything, scared to even see them if they've been out and about because they don't want to get it, they don't want to die, is like literally their words. And that's just wow. heartbreaking because you're taking away a kid's childhood. And, um, and, you know, it's not to any fault of their own, but just maybe what they're seeing on TV, what they're seeing on social media or what their parents are telling them. Um, so just a lot of fear and a lot of uncertainty right now, which is sad. Um, in terms of, to answer your question, LeRoy, about the business, um, there's definitely delays in shipments just domestically. Uh, I'm seeing delays in getting products to me domestically, things that should take usually a day or two days, take a week, a week and a half, um, from Southern California to Northern California. For me, I see a lot of my packages, I get a lot of emails from customers saying that, they expected it to be on this day and it's still pending and you know wow. after sure patience about it's just stuck at distribution centers because just they're just overwhelmed because everybody's shipping stuff now. Nobody's going anywhere to pick up anything so everyone's shipping everything. So packages that usually take three to five days are taking a week to two weeks at least sometimes. So it's just it's affecting everything. Um actually today I was driving to pick up some stuff and um I drove through downtown in the city that I live in, I noticed a lot of small businesses and restaurants had boarded up and, you know, for lease signs on their stores, which was really sad to see. So you're starting to actually see the effects of a second cl- shutdown where small businesses are actually closing their doors and not opening them again. Yes, man.
0: That's incredible, man. Yeah. It's, it's a sad thing to see. And I mean, it's hard to judge from over here, you know, being in Germany, as you, as we spoke before we came on the show, we were just talking about how the media portrays it and it depends which, which channel you you tune into. And a, and a friend of mine was saying he was catching a plane somewhere, actually, for, for once. That was, I think, before it shut down, but he's on the East Coast. He was saying that he watched, happened to watch CNN at the airport. And he yep. said, he posed, made a post and he said, I'm not, and no wonder everybody's scared and freaking out and stuff, the way that oh, yeah. CNN especially is broadcasting the news. And I check CN- I'm check i not a fearmonger, so I can go on CNN and just, I like to see what my colleagues and people are seeing in America so that I'm kind of aware as a dad who's doing a podcast, mainly listened to in America, by the way, um, what the perspectives are there. And it's just incredible, though, the different yeah. pushes of the different medias. And one's going, you know, this is conspiracy theorists. The one's saying, no, it's terrible, and you better listen, and you better put on a mask, or it's going to be, it's going to be, you know, your whole family's going to get it, and this is what's going to happen. And I yeah, think that's... that's what.
2: I- you, you hit it 100%, and that's the, one of the news stations. that's definitely much more fear-pumping. fear, fear pumping. Um, And then there's other ones that are, are not, but they're much more conspiracy or, you know, however you want to look at it. And the sad thing is that if you, the, the folks that watch CNN exclusively are those fear-driven, fear-stricken folks, and the ones that watch the other ones are the other side. And, and you know, I'm a firm believer you're a product of your environment, you know. And, and so my parents, for example, they came up and visited... And we're a little bit more relaxed in where I live than the Bay Area, for example. Um, so they came up and they're like so used to the Bay Area where when they were up here and everyone's a little bit more calm and not as like, you know, high strung about it. They're like, it's so nice. And my dad told me, he's like, I went home and I kind of thought like, oh my gosh, I found myself doing the same things I was doing before when at my house, he was a little bit more at ease and a little bit more calm. And that's the part that's sad, you know, and it's such a product of where you are. So.
1: Yeah, we're a bit like where we are at the moment um, up in Queensland, which is in the northern part of Australia. And, um, you know, things are pretty much back to normal to be to be quite fair. Like you do go to the gym or you do go to different businesses and, um, you know, there are social distancing placards and, you know, maybe a few more hand sanitizers or something like that. But what about masks? No, we don't have to wear masks. We haven't had to wear masks at all the whole time. Um, our, our southern state, Vic- Victoria, uh, they actually just introduced masks. Uh, it's mandatory from tonight. Otherwise, it's a two hundred dollar fine on the spot. But wow. they've they've gone backwards. So, you know, our state um, has been they shut down the borders for the whole state uh, for about two months, and we haven't got any live cases uh, currently uh, in Queensland, which is which is our state here, and. Whereas the southern state, Victoria, uh, which is down, you know, the southern part of Australia, they're averaging about three to 400 new cases a day. Um, but what's happened is all the borders and everyone around it has just gone, nah, we're not letting anyone from Victoria into us. Like You just deal with it down there sort of thing. Um, but I think we're pretty lucky over in Australia. Is they shut down international borders pretty quickly into the whole thing. Um, and anyone that was coming home, whether they were residents or, you know, for work or whatever reason, had to go to a mandatory 14-day isolation that the government paid for um, in hotels, you know, near the airport and stuff. And then they were, if, if they were, you know, not positive, they'll be able to be released back to their home, um, you know, after that. Right. So, you know, like from a, from a perspective, like the whole COVID thing, we've only got 110 deaths uh, in total, like from from the get-go. Um, you mean Australia completely? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, wow. So, and that's what I mean. Like, we they were all concerned about, I, I guess, Australia because you guys are in your summer and this was meant to sort of, I think, get better for you guys entering the hotter months. But, right. you know, we're in the winter here and, you know, it is a lot colder down south and that's where the new cases are. But, you know, up here, like I said, we've, we've had nothing. Um, you know, I think there's been one or two cases in the last month and that was only due to a cargo ship coming into the port and because it docked in our port then they, they classed it as, you know, one of our cases. But, you know, from a standpoint of like community transmissions or anything like that, it's just, you know, null and void at the moment, uh, which is weird because like you said, you, you hear about stuff happening where both of you guys are and, you know, here we are basically going part you know, going about our day in the, in the normal way and, you know, which is very contrasting to, I guess, how we were, let's let's go about eight weeks ago or 12 weeks ago, like if I went to the supermarkets with the kids, like as soon as we hopped in the car, we had like the, the baby wipes, alcohol wipes, the hand sanitizer and, right. you know, it was like, it was this brand new world we we're in and everyone's like rubbing up their hands and getting rid of any germs and like you're walking around the supermarket, don't touch that, don't touch that, don't hold on to the trolley and you're like, everyone was so, well, you didn't know how to act. Um, it was sort of, like we didn't even want to take the kids there but yeah. sometimes if your partner's at work or, you know, you, you really need to go out, then, you know, you have to sort of do it. But um, I, I couldn't even tell you, like, apart from when you when walking to the gym, you know, it's mandatory that we just use the hand sanitizer and on the way out as well. Like, that's the only time I use hand sanitizer now. You know, like, it, that whole scare, scare tactic of, I guess, eight weeks ago was just just completely forgotten. Man, um,
2: yeah. what about you, Tom?
0: Yeah, it's interesting. It's kind of like an in-between phase, but um, we pretty much live life normally as well. We just wear masks. So basically we've got the mask thing on, which is also a debate. I just get annoyed. It's just basically an irritation. I mean, you, you can get fines and stuff, um, but generally life's back to normal. Numbers are pretty stable. We still have infections, but our deaths have never been high. And the German health system is so good that it's always had it managed. You know, we've had a lot of ICU right. beds, we've had a lot of things. The media here is very Luckily, moderate. It's probably a little bit to the left, I would say, but pretty much realistic. So there hasn't been this crazy fear mongering. People stayed quite mellow here. Um, But life's pretty back to normal. And and that's why it's quite uh, shocking and surprising to talk to your friends in America and to watch the news in America because it just boggles the mind to think how on earth can a country with 80 million people that are packed together like Germany and some of the countries around us handle COVID so well that we can almost go back to normal life? And then in America, which also intelligent people, Western civilization, people that have medical, you know, it's not like maybe the medical system isn't as good, but just how it can be so rampant. And that's, I think this is where the problem comes in. And it's been a, it's been a practice in empathy for me as a dad, because at the beginning and through this whole thing, I've been very positive. I've been the kind of dad going, come on guys. Like, you know, you're a dad, take charge. Like, you know, make sure that you're getting your kids outside eating healthy. When I see people posting about how their kids are depressed and anxious and stuff, I'm, I'm I have been before. Come on. Like, what? I don't understand this. My kids are positive. Even in my school, I'm a school teacher. We were back at school and the kids were happy to be back at school. No one was depressed. No one was upset. It was like it was just kind of like looking at kids that whose parents had obviously dealt with this in a right way. We had very few. We had one or two that basically stayed because they had like previous conditions. But, you know, it's the the media is massive in this. And, you know, I saw a video with Rand Paul, like one of I think he's a congressman. I saw this this video, and I, I recommend every parent go and watch this, where he basically said that it's proven that kids cannot really uh, transfer this to each other or transfer this to adults, and it very seldomly affects a child. It's like the, the the stats are so small that to now go and freak out about this, then you should basically keep your kids locked in their room with cotton wool around them, because it's more likely that my son's going to fall out of that tree, and he almost actually did kill himself falling off a of bed the other day, and so did my daughter, <laughs> Then get... COVID-19 and then be afraid. So for kids to being, being anxious and afraid and, 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 and be in a situation where they're having this either communicated to them or allowed to see on social media or having CNN on and them sitting there with you, you have to like curate this for your kids and you have to, you have to be um, intelligent and intentional in how they, you're communicating to them because what happens is that they pick up so much from us and it's no surprise that maybe I'm a little bit gung-ho But that's how I roll in life. And my kids have not been afraid of COVID at all. None of them have been ever afraid of it
2: at all. Hey, Tom, I think what we should do is if you could put that link in the notes of the podcast to the video, Mm. um, that way listeners can actually pull it up and listen to it. But I mean, I think you're right. And I think the key term is media, not just what you see on TV, but also social media Mm. as well, because there's so many, you know, there's a bunch of memes and everything going around too, where there's like some random person up there and says, do you see this guy? He did X, Y, and Z, blah, blah. Oh, never mind, I just made this up. Right. So you see a lot of people out there that are just creating content that you have no idea where it's coming from, if it's real, if it's not. And that's what people are then sharing and resharing and resharing. And that's the biggest issue I have right now is just, you know, thankfully my kids are young. Um, they're two and a half and fifteen months. So thankfully, they don't know what's going on. I know our son. Well, I'll say this though. Like, I'm just know, laughing, guys.
0: Sorry, Anthony. I'm only laughing because usually people don't say. Thankfully, my kids are two and a half and sixteen months old. <laughs> right now, right now,
2: <laughs> right now, I'm thankful for that because my yeah, heart I goes know. out to the kids that are in high school, the kids that are yeah. in like, you know, just that that are in school that know what's happening. They can watch the news that actually have like a level of fear. My heart goes out to them the seniors in high school that aren't going to get back their problems, that aren't going to get back their graduations in college, that are going to try and find a job in this situation um, that didn't get to walk, that didn't get their senior year of sports. If they played sports, like you don't get that back. And that's, that's where I'm like, Oh, that's tough. You know, as parents and as adults, you know, we'll make it through this. We'll, you know, we're all, we're all fighters. We're all, you know, put your head down and work, you know, men. And and as fathers, you kind of have to be, you know, you can't just take a day off. You have to be, So we'll be fine, but for the kids, they don't know any better. Um, And but I will say this: my son, that's two, he definitely is showing signs of regression and just more aggression. If that because he's at home so much and not interacting and not going to school and not in his like pre preschool or at childcare at the gym or whatever. So he's not interacting with kids, and you'll see like he'll see friends outside and be like, "I want to play with my friends. I want to play with friends." And if we don't let him go because you know, we're going somewhere, not because we don't want him to play with friends, but just if we're going somewhere, excuse me, he just melts down, you know, and I saw in the news earlier, they're talking about, is this some sort of a, a form of child abuse? And I think that's a little bit extreme to say that where, you know, keeping your kids at home and whatever is child abuse. I think that's extreme to say that. However, I have heard and seen where parents tell their kids, if you go do X, Y, and Z, you could die or you could kill so people or whatever, right? And that's the narrative out here is, oh, you wow. want to go to the gym and kill people? Well, that's a narrative. That's what they say on the news. That's the narrative. Like, you think it's so important to go to the gym that you're willing to kill people or you're willing to kill grandparents? Like, That's the narrative of what people are trying to say out here is like, mm. if you open this up, you're going to kill people. And it's like, there's got to be some level of a middle ground. And, you know, honestly, the, the numbers don't support that. Like, if you do X, Y, and Z, you're going to kill people. I mean, yes, there are going to be, there's, Anyway, I'm digressing.
0: Nah, but it's important, man. And I think this is the the problem about society at the moment is that things are actually good in the world, but we have a media that you can't trust. You've got so many people like Leroy can write what he wants on his social. I can write what I want. You can write what you want. And I just, it, what I do is, I mean, obviously when you have Instagram, which is quite cool because you can curate who's on your Instagram. So I have a lot of positive. When I go on Instagram, it's amazingly positive. But, you know, every now and then there's these conspiracy theorist things you see and it's just... In America, it's like you say; it's so polarizing. It's like so from the one edge. It's like people, I saw a post the other day where they said people are going and standing in line to get tested and then coming home because the lines are too long and then getting letters saying that they've tested positive. And I've seen that twice or three times that the numbers are like so extreme. And then um, the deaths are getting reported and you get like this nurse saying, well, they're actually crediting this to COVID-19. And so this is the problem we have is that, like you say, I think, it's hard for us as people to actually think what is real and what is not anymore because the news is not a reliable thing. You can't switch on the TV and go, okay, this is facts, what's happening. And and when it's like that as a parent, it's so difficult. And that's why I think as parents, you've really got to be, you've got to be really on your game and you have really got to be aware of what you're passing on to your kids, especially, you know, we're adults. We can talk to each other and say, Hey, Anthony, maybe you shouldn't go to the gym, bro. You know, it, it can be, can be dangerous. You've got high numbers there, but to say to kids, you can't go play with that one. You can't go there because you might die or you're going to maybe kill your grandparents. I mean, what kind of parent, in my opinion, sorry, man, what kind of parent tells their kids anything of the kind? Like right. why would you tell your children
2: that?
1: <laughs> yeah, we, we've I, sort mean, of...
2: I, I, <laughs> I was going to say, I defer, I defer to you guys. I'm, I'm curious, Leroy, like how you guys are are handling it with your kids and what you're teaching them and how you're keeping them entertained without, you know, yeah, so putting fear in
1: event, we we got back from Bali. We went um, for about ten day holiday over there, right as COVID was sort of uh, coming to hit us. And as soon as we got back to Australia, we ha- we were forced into a two week quarantine, to stay at home. Uh, you're not tested, but the government didn't know what to do. This is going back, you know, start of March, sort of. Um, so we had to stay home. The kids like, why are we home? And, you know, what, what's this virus? And, and back then it was, we didn't really know much about it. It was very much in in part of its infancy, but we don't have normal TV here. Like we, we just don't have it connected to the area. All we do is just watch our uh, Apple TV and have all that sort of stuff connected. So the kids aren't really exposed to, I guess, the news. Um, they know there's a virus, but they don't know the severity of it um they know you know if we go somewhere and we say don't touch that they ask why it's you know because of a virus but that's sort of the the gist of it um you know we had homeschooling so all kids you know i think we had about a month of homeschooling um you know in the sort of early days as well and you know we found that my, my wife has always pushed for us to homeschool the kids because we travel you know internationally and even domestically you know quite a lot You know when we're available. Um, she always wanted to do that because kids were always in and out of school and playgroup and and stuff like that. And you know, it it really gave her, uh, I guess, a a good opportunity to experience, yeah, yeah, what homeschooling was. And and our son, he actually really excelled because we knew what um, you know, teaching points. We knew what worked. We knew what his interests were, and we knew how to spin that, you know, in a way that would you know make it interesting for him. And and it was, it was funny to see, and Tom, as a teacher, you probably, you know, attest to this as well, but the curriculum that the school teachers gave us, we, we were knocking it out in no no word of like about two hours or you know, two and a half hours maximum, um, you know, like a full day's worth of work, just like smashing it out. But, you know, that then 10 o'clock during the day, we could take the boat out for the rest of the day and go fishing or we could go, you know, do all these different things as a family. And it was, you know, it was just amazing, you know, period of of being able to gel with the family and you know not worry about the the outsides because we haven't really had too many restrictions here we've always been able to do pretty much everything um so yeah i I think from a a standpoint of the kids it's you know they they know that there's something going on in the world and i was watching you know it's probably going back a month now when all that george floyd and black lives matter stuff um happened i was watching one of the the riots like on live stream on my phone or something. My son come over looking over the shoulder and he goes, why are all those cars burning in the street? And I said, "Oh, um, you know, the police people are riding and it's like, why are they riding? And then it's like, oh, well, you know, someone died. And then why did they die? And that was sort of the only questioning or exposure uh, he had. And he's only six. So, you know, he's not going to get exposed to, you know, the vast majority of stuff, but that was sort of, yeah, my only, um, Real, I guess, questions about the whole you know, situation as a whole, I guess.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's my point too, that I, that I was saying earlier, but I'm glad my kids are young because having to, I mean, imagine being in that kind of impressionable, I mean, all kids are kind of impressionable no matter what age, but where they're, where they're seeing what's going on. I mean, I remember when I was in high school, 9-11 happened when I was in high school. Um, so I can only imagine being kind of that age and seeing everything that's going on. I mean, it's, I don't know. It's crazy. It's crazy times right now just across the board. Yeah,
0: I agree. And I think that this is the problem. It's like if you read a book like Factfulness or if you actually look in history, we live in a pretty good time. And this is what I'm trying to say. We live in a good time of history, but the media will will make us think that we're living in the worst time in, 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 that it's ever been and that things are terrible. And if we expose ourselves to that, then we are filling our lives with negativity and seeing the negative side of things. And I think as parents, it is our, our, it's, it's our job to be real with our kids. And I'm very real with my kids about life and about how they need to take charge of things and and I'm not trying to hide anything from them for sure. I don't think you want to protect them in that way. So you let them know. But I think you've got to walk alongside them when they are seeing things. And like and like Leroy says, when you look at something like Black Lives Matter and what's happening, you can explain it to them in a way that is non-threatening to them and lets them know this is what's happening. But they also need to be exposed to the positive. They need to be able to be children like I was when I grew up, you know, just running around having fun. And it's been very interesting to me because on one hand, it's like you've got to be empathetic about different situations. So If you look behind me, this is my like my life. I have a house in the countryside. I have four kids, so they obviously keep each other busy. I'm a school teacher, so clearly I understand more about that. That was challenging to be a school teacher running online for the kids in my class in the fifth grade, and then having my kids have stuff at home. But there definitely were benefits to my kids becoming more independent um, as learners without having to have a parent helping them all the time. But um, you know, it just—it shows these things are the things that that show where we've come in life and how we've prepared in life for disasters. And you never know what's going to happen. And you can see it—it—it it, it, it can be a virus, it can be riots, it can be political unrest. It, who knows what's around the corner? And I think as dads, it's so important to see what's where we're at now. So how we've prepared ourselves does affect what's happening now in COVID. If you've worked hard your life, if you've bought a house in the country, if you've if you valued nature, if you valued having space, if you've really like. Um, done your due diligence then you set yourself up for a position where like Anthony I mean like um, Leroy talks to the guys I'll, I said it before on my show that I had before the q and I said COVID-19 was amazing for us like besides the, the besides the obviously the not so comfortable thing of the virus itself and having to wear masks our family time was amazing we spent like incredible times we were riding we were we were doing things we were swimming we were playing we were behind me here. Yeah, there's like a little like um a uh, little valley and it's been such a different experience for me. And then you hear about people who live in flats, like in the middle of the city, who have to sit in, inside all the time and conquer out. But their parents, I think, as well, have not, have not realized that, you know, or don't go out. They don't go like 10 to 15 minutes away where there is nature. You know, I don't know which city in the world is basically just in isolation where there's no nature at all, where you can't at least go walk in a field or go walk in a forest or go Los, swim in Los a Angeles. river or something.
2: Pardon? Los Angeles. Los Angeles, is it really like that?
1: <laughs> it's,
2: yeah, it's, I mean you have to drive. You have to drive pretty substantial to get to nature, nature in LA. You still can LA. do I mean, these
1: things. Yeah, you know. And I think up, go up to Runyon Canyon for a little run or hike yeah. or something like yeah. that. Yeah. I'm yeah. just saying these things to do, and I think
0: as dads, like that's important. Why it's important to to be the best that we can be and to to set ourselves up in life that we are mentally tough ourselves resilient that we have an environment for our kids that we are creative and that we are realizing that the world is unpredictable and there's always going to be a problem around the corner and you you think about how before i came on the show i was thinking about the movie life is beautiful do you guys remember that movie about the concentration camp with an italian jew goes to concentration camp with his son yeah and basically he gets obviously put in a concentration camp with his son and he he plays this game with his son where he he basically makes this game that his son doesn't even realize that they're actually in a concentration camp. And that just struck me of like, wow, if you can have your kid in a concentration camp and Nazis treating you like that and come up with a game like that, then I know it's not as extreme as that, but as parents, um, we do really set the tone for our kids uh, uh, if we're doing our job right, in my opinion.
2: It's the same as Pursuit of Happiness with Will Smith. Kind of like more of a, a more a newer movie where you know he's in the subway and you know homeless and his kid doesn't know they don't have a home and he like pretends that they're they have to spend the night in the subway and they have to pretend that there's dinosaurs or whatever and he's sleeping in the in the bathroom that scene hits me hard because you know as a dad you want to you always want to provide for your kids and not have them feel like there's anything wrong but like you guys said i think it's important to still be real with them to an extent but not put fear in them and that's the part again that I don't necessarily know yet having kids that are young, you know, so I'm curious for you guys, what you guys have been doing to keep them occupied. I mean, Leroy, I know you said that you guys are homeschooling. Do they have sports or things that they're interacting with friends or how are you able to like fill that aspect of their lives?
1: Yeah. We've, we've still been catching up with our, um, you know, close friends who have got kids the same age, uh, the whole time, essentially. Um, so, you know, on a Friday, Saturday night, we'll go around there for a barbecue or, you know, we'll go out to a restaurant and they'll play in the playroom or, you know, stuff like that. So, you know, we've also lived where we live, um, you know, um, street there. There's a heap of kids in the street as well. So they're always out in their bikes and scooters or kicking balls or shooting each other with guns or, you know, whatever the case, you know, may be. And, um, yeah, to, to be quite fair, I, I think we're, we're kind of lucky and I'm sort of speaking for a small minority, probably from from the world you know, angle of how lucky we are in Australia and especially in our state, um, because, you know, like that, even, even down South, it isn't happening. You know, people are made to stay home and people can't leave the house unless it's for, you know, work, groceries or, you know, exercise. And, you know, it's just so different, I guess, um, contrasting, um, you know, rules and regulations, which, you know, I find not only between different states, but also different, um, you know, companies or different organizations like, you know, for example, we we were running a group fitness uh, business here in town, which we've, we've since closed, uh, one, because, you know, one of our other businesses going, but two, because of the rules and regulations that council put in place. But, you know, where we were training, we could only have up to 10 people on a big oval. So our ovals here, like our AFL ovals are about 400 metres around. So the same size as like a a running track. Um, So we could only have 10 people on that whole oval and we had to be two metres apart from each other was one of the rules they put in place for the the group training. But at the same oval um, at at one end on a Sunday morning, they could have the farmer's market still, which there would be 400 people within a 50 square metre radius. it's like, well, you know, we're, we're out here, fresh air, you know, not using anyone else's equipment, body weight sessions, and we have to be spaced apart, but you can have, you know, 400 people here standing right behind each other in line because they classed it as an essential service because they sell food. You know, it's like, well, it just, it's good for one industry, but not good for the other. And you see it, you know, contradicted across, you know, so many different areas and, you know, that, that was one, sort of angle that you know we had but uh, i guess is it something you've seen over in both your locations as well you know where it's good you know rules for different sectors that sort of totally contradict each other
2: i mean like all the time literally all the time Mm. and you know i mean without without going into the nitty-gritty on it i mean there's a lot of things that don't make any sense where some industries are open some are closed you can do this outside, but you can't do this on other in other aspects. And you know, again, if you if you use the examples to decide the side that believes that everything should be shut down and wear a mask and everything, they'll argue with the logic that they have and, and to me it you know personally it doesn't make sense, you know, because again, I think the biggest thing and why people are so polarized with this is there's not a level of consistency of Here's the rules. Here's what works. Here's what doesn't work. And I understand that that it's kind of a moving target and they're still learning about the virus and and learning what works and what doesn't work. Um, But at the same time, like you just said right there, I mean, how can the same exact field be okay for certain things with more people and not okay for a different event with less people like that just doesn't make sense. Yeah. You know,
0: yeah, it was, it was interesting for me. And, and this is, I'm not going to give my political views on this because it's not a political show. But the fact of the matter is that when we had all the protests, it was amazing to me to see here in Germany, 8,000 people in Frankfurt, 15,000 people in Leipzig protesting, no one saying a thing here at the bakery. Someone was standing outside in a line and got five, 500, 500 No, the shop got fined 500 euros for not enforcing their wearing a mask thing. And, um, and no one really reported on that. And then whether you, and like I said, it's not political, but Donald Trump had his rally in, I don't know where it was, Tahoma, I don't know, who cares? His people awesome. didn't wear masks and it was all over the media. It was like the media yeah. were like, how can these people have a rally with no masks? And I was like, I was like yes, I don't agree with that either. I think it sucks, but why now are you pointing it out there? Whereas people were protesting all over the world and no one was, no, no one was stopping them being close to each other. And I think that's what's frustrating for people is you just go like, hey, like there has to be a consistency and I see it as well. It's like I got to go to the lake and when I'm walking into the lake, there's a glass shield between me and the person doing the tickets. But I've got to wear a mask and my kids all have to put on masks when we're walking in the lake. Then we can take them off. But if I go to the toilet, then I've got to put them on even if I go to the toilet alone. And it's kind of like, and this is exactly what it is. It's this contradictory things. And then for the children, it's the same thing. My kids say to me, dad, look, what is going on? Why do we have to wear masks? Yeah, but these people are doing this. And I think that that's the problem is that there just seems to be an agenda for things. And I think that when there's an agenda or hidden agendas, it's so hard for people to know what's wrong. If it was really like, oh, you care for our safety and we're all safe, then you would go, well, then you know well, what, guys, I understand this need for protesting, but the same rules kind of apply. And I know it's, it's very difficult and hard and you can't stop people, but to then stop people meeting with their family or kids playing together in a kindergarten, let's get real. You know, you've got to like say, well, okay, fine. I don't have a problem. I think protesting is great. And I think it was necessary to protest like a hundred percent, but then, Hey, at the same time, let's let families and little kids play together and let people get out and, and do what they need to do and, and be realistic. I don't know. It just seems that there has to be can't just be, Oh, well, there's the rule there and there's the rule
2: here. So we'll say this in California, they had a bullet point that was on the news about what, what our governor's kind of rules were prior to the 4th of July. And it was, um, family gatherings of 12 or less were permissible 12 or more not okay in the very next bullet point it said protests of 100 or less are okay that's what i'm like
1: i this mean sense, how, yeah.
2: how can you literally put that in a bullet point next to each other and say that that and i know the the other side's argument is that it's outdoors it's this that you're most of them are all wearing masks and this, and that but
1: then again i mean you know it just well we matter. had we we had the like we could only in regards to visiting people so you could only have six people in your house so but you weren't this is how weird it is we could have my parents who live you know 200 meters away as the as the crow flies come visit us and have six people in the house but we couldn't go visit them and be in their house which would be the same people like our family of four plus them in just in a different house because you could only have two people come visit and it was like well it's it, it's the same six people like it doesn't make sense but because you only have two we could only have them over to our place it was just absolutely bizarre but and then my other one that I just I seriously I, I don't know how it works is in our supermarkets they've got those um you know perspex screens and all that kind of stuff and you have to pack your own bags now but the checkout person still grabbing every individual item right. and scanning it. But yeah, then, so you, yeah. you're, you're grabbing it off the shelf, which someone else has probably touched 17 times. Yep. Looked at it, yeah. put it back. Yeah. Then you pick it up, give it to her. She picks it up and scans it, but then you've got to pick it back up and put it in the bag. It's like, right. Why don't you just do what you used to do and you pack it into the bag because you've touched it anyway. It's like, right. I don't know. It, it just, some yeah. things just don't make sense. I think they're making things a lot harder than they have to be.
2: I'll tell you this: I don't know if it makes me feel better or worse to hear that you guys are going through the same thing in your countries as well. <laughs> because I don't know, I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing. But
0: yeah, yeah, I think it's thing. an exaggeration <laughs> to say the same thing because <laughs> you guys have a unique set of circumstances in America at the moment. Yeah. But it's, it's hard, and I, and that's why it is a training in empathy. You can hear I'm very much. It's very hard when you're sitting in my situation to really then be empathetic. Sometimes you've got to you've got to really work on that. And like I said, it's it's. It's like people go, "Oh, it's easy for him to say he's in Germany and he's sitting there in his house and his his garden like this. But I think we have to, I mean, at the end of the show, like uh, as we like wrap up, it's important for there to be like actionable things that we can all do, you know. And that's what I've been reading a lot at the moment through whatever books I've been reading. And what I've been thinking a lot is that we can't determine and rely on our circumstances or what anybody else says or any politician does or any organization does. Or even what's happening in our lives to make sure that our families uh, stay afloat and that we mentally are strong and that we mentally survive this and our kids don't come out of this damage. We have to take consideration, whatever our situation is, we as dads, especially like the gatekeepers as I see in our family, along with our wives, and we have to then move away from circumstances and say, okay, no matter what the circumstances, what can I do in this situation to make this as as positive as possible for my kids to make the damage psychologically um, as little as possibly or emotionally whatever the circumstance because some people are going to be locked on seriously with with a lot of um, a lot of rules and restrictions and you can see others odd some are going to be in flats some are going to be in houses like this and so it's one of those things that I've been learning as a as as a dad myself because my son is i mean I haven't mean I haven't had a lockdown as bad but I've been through a situation where my my son has almost died. I've like waited for the call from the surgeon, like just sitting there and then getting a call saying, okay, made it mm-hmm. through surgery, not once, but quite a few times and been through divorce, been through these things. And I just learned like, wow, if I'm being tossed around as a person the whole time by my circumstance, then it brings my whole family into disarray. And it can only, it can only just breed negativity and make our kids more aggressive and more angry and, and bring depression on everybody. And so I just encourage guys from my point of view, just to use it as, an ex- as, a, as a, growth, a growth experience and, and to see how we can really kind of make this the best, the best positive possible thing
2: out of the situation, wherever we are. Yeah. So let me ask you guys this. Let me ask you guys this quick question, like kind of maybe to close it up. Um, obviously, as dads and as family men, your top priority is going to be protecting your kids, right? I think we can all agree on that. Um, yeah. And I think anybody listening is going to agree that number one priority is making sure your kids are safe and provided for with that being said you know there are a lot of different trains of thought with this of some people really thinking it's dangerous really thinking it's dangerous for their kids and others that think the numbers don't support it it's not so what do you what would you guys say or what would be your advice to either way you know you know the dads think that it's super serious and you got to protect your kids and not let them do anything and the dads think you got to let them be kids you know
1: yeah i i i think you know and, and I can only go off my experience you know it 'd be hard for me to speak to you know a country or someone in in a town that 's completely locked down because you know we 're living a completely different life, but our kids are not sheltered from anything here if we 're at the local park and there 's another twenty other kids running around we 're not like "Oh, just hang back here, play over this side it 's like go hard you know like go play with them and, and our kids are very. Uh, friendly and outgoing uh, in that aspect and they will just run up to any other kids, introduce themselves and, you know, make up a game on the spot. So, um, you know, and and it probably helps that there's no, you know, cases currently in our state and and all the borders are shut down. So we don't really have that fear in the back of the head that someone may be, you know, carrying or, you know, maybe transmitting that virus. But I, I think, you know, if my kids had an illness or they had, you know, they they were sick at the time or something like that, then, you know, you know, if something was threatening that, then I, I would probably look at things a little bit differently, but to be, to be quite fair, you know, we are running life at the moment as we were six months ago. Um, it, which is, which is bizarre to say, you know, going off everything that we're seeing and even what's happening where you guys are with even just having to wear masks and that, but, Yeah, it's, Tom, you've probably got more of a, you know, answer for this, obviously working at a school and, you know, being in in town where you are still, you know, heightened by a lot of restrictions of mask wearing and stuff like that.
0: Yeah, I mean, look, no one can say categorically what is happening, but let's look at the statistics and I think you can see if you're not like following some really like fear-mongering media outlet that it is not affecting children majorly if it is affecting children it's so minor that like i said it's like don't let your kids near toaster don't let your kids rock on a chair don't let your kids climb in a tree because it, that's that's the kind of risk that you're looking at. You know, you're more likely right. probably to get eaten by a shark off the coast of Australia or, or South Africa going for a swim than than this virus killing your child. I think that that's what I think is quite clear. I think it's quite clear. I've been at the school; not one child in my whole school has had it. No one in their family has had it. My kids are playing with kids all over. We're going to the shops, like you say, Leroy, touching stuff. My kids are touching the the groceries and stuff. And I'm I'm not saying that it can't happen, but to live in fear and to live in in in, in worry about that this minor chance of a normal flu. Your child could get a normal flu contracted and die. That is just a fact of life. Life is tough and life is out is to kill us. You know, that's the way we all die in the end. And on the way, there's loads of chances for things to go wrong. And we cannot live our lives in general like that. And I think with COVID-19, we can't. And it's tough with the restrictions the government are putting on. But us as parents too, when our child runs over to someone else and grabbing them and making them think that they're going to die or that they're going to kill someone's grandparents, I really think that that's unreasonable. And I will say that because I think it's important for people to understand that, you know, go on the statistics, go on the facts, look if, look who's reliable and and do a little bit of due diligence. Don't just sit there on your ass in front of the TV and see, oh, this is what the guy says. Now I better freak out and it's terrible. No, go and look at different sources. To take a bit of time. Talk to different people. Talk to health your health professionals in your area because those people generally will be um, – reasonable about it as well and um and realize that this is not a kid disease first of all so for our kids the safety the danger and 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 safety issue is not really that much but I think that Leroy is exactly right like don't grab your kids and don't let them feel that there's something to be majorly fearful of you know and I think that it just is interesting to me, Anthony, and it's very hard to talk about this because of what's happening in America, because I just look at like I said at the beginning, looking at your country and my country. We have eighty million people in a smaller area. You guys have three hundred and twenty in, in a in a you know, sometimes a bit more dense but spread out. And you just think, how can this be so rampant? And how can it be how can it be true? And 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 that's I asked and I think just ask this everyone needs to ask the question. There should be no one just going, Yes, it's totally true and I need to freak out. They should be going, What is the reality in my state? What am am I seeing around me? What am I observing with my own eyes? And for me, I've heard of people having it. So I'm not saying there's no virus. But I mean, for my whole school of children and parents and the whole community to not have heard of one instance of coronavirus even, let alone a death, makes me think that this is being hyped up. It's being pumped up. It's being used as a political tool in, in some form or, or shape or form or, or form of control. And I don't think that's a conspiracy theorist. I don't think that's a conspiracy theory. I think it's something that someone just needs to ask, what is a what is reality? There's too many people living normal lives, doing normal things, getting on with life and it not really impacting them and their kids being happy for it to be this huge disaster that people are making it out to be. And for our kids to think they're living in the middle of like a zombie apocalypse and they've got to be afraid and stuff. It can only be negative. And that's just my opinion. Yeah. I, know I'm not, yes. I know I'm not like the be all and end all of these things. And I'm always open to my opinion being changed, but that's just, I just want to, I just want to see more people, um, taking ownership of their role as parents, you know, and it doesn't matter if it's Corona or anything else. You are the person that sets the tone. Don't set a tone that is setting your kids up for anxiety and depression and to be worried about dying or when they step out the house, that's just, that's just not on. (laughs) Um, Oh, I mean,
1: the, <laughs> Mate, I I don't uh, in Australia. It's always YouTube. I don't know. <laughs> I know. I was just about to say. I, I think that's about coronavirus out and look at right. winding up and never speaking about coronavirus again. I reckon we've nailed every point and every argument about it. And dads, if you're listening. We'll do our best not to bring up coronavirus anymore. For you. <laughs> but.
0: but it's good to look at different opinions, and that's what we need to do in the world today. It's like, who cares if I'm thinking coronavirus doesn't exist and Anthony's worried out of his wits that his kids are going to die and Leroy's some in the middle. This is the problem. We get so thin and they, oh, that's an African guy living in Germany who has a nice life. Who the hell is he? He says it's not. And that's not how we should be. We should be happy to have different voices, and that's what makes a difference. When you're actually willing to listen to different voices – then you become a reasonable human being instead of someone that's just reacting on that person because you're left, you agree with that person. And if you're right, you agree with Donald Trump and he's the be-all and end-all and you hate the people on the left. It's no, man, listen to different people. We all have different experiences. And yes,
2: I think it's important. That's exactly what I was going to say before Leroy so rudely interrupted me. <laughs> was, uh, <laughs> I stole the it. <laughs> it was, was that I think that's the, that's the biggest thing. Is just, for me, my... In, my entire MO and I can be hard to debate with or hard to talk to at times. And I try really hard not to be, but just I at least want to have a conversation with anybody and everybody. And as long as you're willing to actually have a conversation and listen to my side, as well as I'm going to listen to you and not attack right now in the States, it's just attacking. And I think that's what the problem is. And you nailed it on the head is just regardless of anything that's going on, if people have an open mind and will have a conversation, you can learn. People that don't listen don't learn. You know, and I think that's the biggest thing for me that I've tried to do with everything that's been going on is at least listen, you know.
1: Yeah. Well, I think that's uh fitting into the first uh podcast, man. So thank you very much for taking the time out of your day and morning over there, Tom night over there and Anthony and um, yeah, if ever all the all dads listening, if you've got any questions or any topics that you want to see us cover in the future, or even have a conversation with us on our Instagram page about, you know, anything that was spoken about right now, then, you know, get in touch with us or contact us on our own uh, individual page as well. And we can, you know, carry that forward for the next podcast, which will be released Friday week. So, Guys, yeah, well, thanks a lot for jumping on board and um, I look forward to getting this live, uh, which will be on Friday and then having a chat next week and you know, maintaining that schedule.
2: Thank yeah, you. man.
0: Thanks, dudes. And dads out there, remember, focus on what you can control. Don't focus so much on what you can't control, man. Eat healthy, stay fit and uh, get in some sunshine with your kids. Ciao, guys. Thanks. Awesome.